Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo and hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast where we talk about vintage cards, vintage players, the vintage era. And I'm really excited about tonight. I was it was opening weekend for baseball this past weekend and the Phillies came to visit the Rangers. Thankfully, we swept the Phillies. That was awesome. National reigning National League champions. Rangers are going to the World Series. Just kidding. <laughs> They're playing well, but you know, it's a long season, only 159 more games. But what made me want to do this episode tonight is the catcher for the Philadelphia Phillies is JT Realmuto. He is widely considered the best catcher in the game currently. Hard to argue that. And it got me thinking about catchers. And how catchers, it's such a lost art of being a great catcher. There are so few catchers that are considered greats of the game. And and when you are a great catcher, it's like finding a unicorn because, you know, you just want a guy, usually either a catcher is very defensive minded or an offensive player. Rarely do you have catchers that play both really well. That's why there are only 16 catchers in the Hall of Fame. Catcher is something near and dear to me. Uh, I played catcher for most of my uh, childhood into early adulthood, but I brought on someone else that was a catcher, and I and I said, "Who else loves catchers?" And I, I thought of this guy. He's now becoming a regular on the show. Chris from Missouri. Hey, Chris. Well, hello. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. This, this is going to be a fun topic to talk about. Yeah, or, so or argue about one of the two. Well, we're gonna what we're gonna do tonight is we're gonna list our our. I told you to make a list of your top ten catchers. I've made a list. We have not looked at each other's list. I don't know who's in your top ten. You don't know who's in my top ten. And so it'll be interesting to see how these compare. Uh, you and I both have a long history with baseball, and enjoying the game, respecting the game, loving the history of the game. But we're both former catchers. What was your catching experience as a child, young adult, high schooler, or whatever? Well, I started catching when I was six years old. Okay. And at that time, uh, there was a, um, well, you, you can't say it now really, but it was called the Midget League. And it was, it wasn't coach's pitch. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a pitching machine. It was, it was, uh, six to 10 year olds. And there, and in college, there's a big difference between an 18 year old kid and a 22, 23 year old man. But in that little league kind of stuff, there's a big difference between a six year old kid and a 10 year old kid. And I did not start out the very first or second game as a catcher. I started out as like a second baseman because I was just so little, but uh, one of the older kids got hit in a very bad spot. And, uh, and he would not catch again. And I was just like a little puppy dog trying to, you know, jump up on my coach saying, come on, coach, let me catch, let me catch. And, and I actually started catching, like I say, when I was six years old and I stopped catching at the age of 31, 32. And, uh, I caught through, I, I caught through, uh, you know, high school and college and then, during college and then, and then after college, I played fast pitch softball for a while for for nine years, and so that was the extent of it uh, of me catching. How about you? Yeah, I, I remember 
wanting to be a catcher. I wanted, you know, playing the other positions to be what's great about being a catcher is you're involved in every single pitch. Every part of the game runs through you. You're kind of the captain on the field. And I felt like I had the baseball IQ to do it, uh, even at 10 years old. And our our leagues were 10 to 12 years old. And that was the only position that was kind of up for grabs. And I was like, well, I'll, I want to catch, you know, because I wanted to play. And the other positions were held by older kids. And so that allowed me a chance to play. I caught, you know, all through Little League into high school. I went to the Air Force Academy to play catcher there. That was a very brief stint. That, I pretty much ended, I stopped catching at about age 19, which is my my knees are thinking me. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. Well, that's a, that's the thing. You, you said it there. Um, you have to have a high IQ as a catcher and they're involved in every play. The downfall of that is a good catcher also makes your practices go better. Uh, like if we played simulated games when I was younger or in high school, I caught both, both teams and then I caught batting practice. And then, oh, at the end of batting practice, oh, okay, we're, you just you go up against the screen and we're going to throw to you here. And my knees are not thanking me right now. I actually had to have a shot um, oh, about two months ago. Um, yeah. And, uh, but you're right. They're involved in every play. Well, I remember I was, we grew up, I grew up, you know, loving baseball in the 80s. And, and the 80s had, a lot of great catchers in the era. Some I'll mention that probably won't be in our top tens, but like Tony Pena, you know, and the way he would stick his right. I emulated that. I would, because I'm six two, and so I'm a tall guy, and so for me, I was six two in high school, so I had to to get low enough. Sometimes I would kind of sit on my butt and stick my right leg out to get myself lower. Uh, I enjoyed being in control. I love throwing runners out, all of those things. And what's hard is that's a, why I think catching has, is, is so hard to be so good at because to be a good catcher, you have to practice a lot of catcher. You don't get to, I mean, I was a decent hitter, but I wasn't a great hitter. And so there are guys that, you know, from history, Jimmy Fox started as a catcher, right? Um, heck Bryce Harper was a catcher in high school. And so it's Craig not Biggio. Craig Biggio. Yeah. I mean, catcher is, is a great position where you, where you really have to be well-rounded in terms of your ability to catch the ball and throw and move your feet and quick and all those things like, like all other, like all positions need that to some degree, but catcher, you just, you're always involved. It was so much fun being a catcher. And so I always, you know, at 10 years old, um, and loving catching, I, I followed all the cat Rick Dempsey. Um, oh yes, yes. Rick Dempsey, guys like that. Jerry Grote. Jerry Grote. Yep. Uh, but the guy that I really loved was Jim Sunberg. He was the Rangers catcher, uh, longtime World Rangers champion, catcher. World Champion Royal catcher too. He was with the '85 Royals. That's right. I've I've worn his World Series ring from that season. Wow. I'll okay. tell you, Jim a Jim Sunberg story. He was once he retired a Rangers announcer and is still involved in the organization actually. And he was in the booth and my dad was in the booth uh, every game. And so they got to know each other really well. Obviously I'm a huge Rangers guy. I'd be in the booth with him from time to time. This was probably when I was a little older, so I didn't go as much, but here's uh, I'll show you a quick. This is Jim Sunberg's rookie card, 1975 tops. And what I love about Jim Sunberg is he was an incredibly nice guy. And so I remember when I made the varsity as a sophomore in high school, uh, I was, I did what you did. I, I caught my brother, my twin brother who was a pitcher was on JV still. So I would catch the JV game on Thursday when he would pitch. And then I'd go catch varsity on Friday. You know, it was like, I, I played both, you know, and that's because he, the coach wanted me to catch my brother just to get used to catching him. And my dad goes, Hey, let's, uh, let's go on a little road trip. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. 
He said, we got to run somewhere and do something. Okay, fine. Well, we pull up to Jim Sunberg's house and my dad walks up. Hey, Sonny, how you doing? This is my, you remember my son, Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Holy crap, Jim Sunberg, you know, and again, I'd met him before, but I'd never been to his house. And he goes, all right, Mike, I want you to go up. Your dad and I are going to sit here and talk. You go up in the attic. The ladder's right over there and pick out whatever gear you want. In his attic, Chris, he had just gobs of all the professional catcher's gear in just about any color of the rainbow. I mean, it was just so much stuff up there, all brand new. And so he happened to have some royal blue uh, catcher's gear that I took out of his stash, I guess. And that's what I used uh, my first year of varsity as a catcher. It was pretty cool to say, wow. where'd, you get, where'd you get your gear? Uh, Jim Sunberg, close personal friend, you know, <laughs> like, you know, it was just that kind of surreal, cool thing uh, to do that. I still have my catcher's mitts from when I was in high school and college. Uh, I use them. Like when I play catch, I play catch with a catcher's mitt. Sure. And if I'm playing softball or something, I'll play, I'll use a regular glove, but sorry, we've spent 11 minutes. We haven't gotten into our top 10, but it's, it's fun to reminisce and fun to remember that kind of stuff. Well, before Uh, you get started, before you get started, just real quick, Daryl Porter, who's not on our list right here. uh, What are you talking about? He's number one on my list. But Daryl Porter was a really good catcher, but he, Daryl Porter uh, died a few years back but he was an avid baseball collector. And one of my friends purchased his collection. And so some of the cards that are graded that he got graded, he had them put the Daryl Porter collection on there. And so I thought it'd be kind of neat letting people know he had an extensive Mickey Mantle collection. I mean, it, it, very, a great collection. And I I knew since we were talking about catchers, I could slide that in real quick. you know, he was, he was a great catcher for the Cardinals and the Royals. And uh, anyway, an avid, an avid baseball card collector. Why do you think it is that so few catchers are in the Hall of Fame? Oh, some typical things that come off the top of my, uh, top of my mind is uh, shorter careers, usually, except if you're Tim McCarver or somebody like that. Um, the, it's hard to play 140 games. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it's tough. Even, even years ago, it was tough to catch that many games for a long period of time. And I think they spend a, they spend a great deal of time uh, working on their defense and helping everybody else better working with the pitchers, helping them better. And so, you know, we're going to talk about some power hitting catchers and different things like that, but those, those days are, are few now they're, they're, and so I think that's, I think that's why is, is that a, you want to add to that? Is there anything that's on the top of your mind? No, I just think it's again, a tough position. Like you said, the endurance, the stamina injuries um, it's, it's just hard. I mean, look at modern examples, Joe Maurer, you know, was a catcher, but moved to first or third or whatever, you know, late in his career. And, you know, there's just guys that it's, it's just hard to do that. There's rare exceptions, but that's that's what makes, I think, this top 10 list really special because these are, you know, let's say we probably have 10 or 12, with 12 or 13 guys between us are the greatest of all time. Let's start with an honorable mention. I want to, because I think beyond just respecting catchers and what they do in their careers, they have some amazing baseball cards. Like catchers, you, if you get the right shot, some of them are boring like everybody else's, but I'm going to give an honorable mention to Thurman Munson. This might be one of the 71 tops Thurman Munson. If you're listening on podcast, you, you can probably picture this card in your head. One of the greatest cards of all made of all time in terms of action shots and, you know, the rookie cup, the 71, the horizontal. I mean, it just works and it's just an absolutely great, great baseball card. So I did. I'll tell you, I all the cards I'm going to show uh, of my top 10 and even the ones I've already shown are catchers either in their gear or crouched. None of them are hitting. <laughs> They're all playing catcher. And I, and I thought sure, 
certainly they all have cards where they're hitting and stuff and poses and all that. I wanted to pull cards where they're doing what they get paid to do. And that's getting dirty and being a catcher, you know, being squatted down. Um, do you agree about catcher cards and just how cool they can be? Oh yes. I, there's uh, some of my favorite cards are, are catchers. Now I don't even know. I, I don't know what I pulled out now as far as, pictures of them but i i should have i should have followed your lead you're right the just you know that thurman munson's incredible you know the i can think of you know joe tory crouching down on his rookie card and you know just yes uh I think you have a card there i think of i mentioned jimmy fox starting as a catcher like his uh 33 gowdy i think is a pretty amazing uh picture and yeah, if you don't believe Jim, Jimmy Fox was a catcher. It'd be great if I could find it now. Oh, here it is. <laughs> the 33 Gowdy Jimmy Fox, the giant mitt, you know, hat backwards, chest protector, all that good stuff. It's just a, a great card. And 33 Gowdy has several very cool. Al Lopez has a cool card like that. Uh, catching card. There's just some cool 33 Gowdies, but. Let's get to number 10. I do have to make one more caveat. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. Okay. But one player I did not include, I'm going to say this now, is Josh Gibson. And it can be argued that Josh Gibson might have been the greatest catcher of all time. We'll never know. It's hard to tell with Negro Leagues. Um, was he respected by everybody in baseball? Absolutely. He was called the Black Lou Gehr I mean, Black Babe Ruth. Hit for power. Uh, a lot of people think he has the most home runs in professional baseball history. He hit the ball a ton, was a great receiver behind the plate. But I, I wanted to include only major league players. It's hard to compare a Negro League player to major leaguers. That's unfortunate uh, for sure. I think Josh, Josh Gibson would have been probably two on my list. Where would Josh Gibson have fallen on your list if, if we included him? Oh, if he, he's he's high up on the list. I I did some. We had a guy on the from my hometown on the Hall of Fame ballot this past year, uh, and he was a Negro leaguer. And he was um, it was John Donaldson, and he missed it by one vote of getting in the Hall of Fame. And we did a series here in town of arguing against that kind of. Uh, I took the side. Of, they asked me to take the side of arguing against, and he had. You know, he had. They said five thousand strikeouts. Well, in in the Negro Leagues itself, he didn't he didn't come close. Didn't come close to those stats. A lot of them was playing against two two games a day, playing against other teams from other towns, and it was just hard to. It's hard to document that. So it, he died at such a young age too. Uh, it, it's a shame that he could not have played. He, he could not have played the same time as his contemporaries. Um, uh, you know, I, Buck O'Neill said he, Buck O'Neill said he was the greatest catcher of all time, but he also said if he played first base, he'd be the greatest first baseman of all time. Right. And, you know, and so, so he'd have to be high on the list. If I was going to, if I was going to debate, you know, I, I'd take the other side just, just because I like doing that. And, but he, surely he's a top 10 top, you know, but, we have some great ones on here. We do. So who is your number 10 catcher? Well, oh, a lot of people, I think outside the box. So uh, Bob Euchre. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, my number 10 is Thurman Munson. Okay. The, the reason I say that is when I was, when I was growing up and just my, at the age of 10, he, he was the best catcher in the American League, I thought, for that short career. Uh, had he played – I mean, he he wasn't a spring chicken when he died, but he would have been able to play two or three more years to get some of those stats that you need to get in the Hall of Fame. And people people lose sight of how good he was. I mean, he was an MVP player. He was an MVP player. And I just remember the, the, the video in the World Series of Sparky Anderson walking out to the mound with Johnny Bench changing – after Thurman Munson got a base hit off of a low breaking ball away, almost in the dirt. And Sparky Anderson looks at Johnny Bench and said, man, that kid can hit, that kid can hit, you know? And I just, 
I, I just always thought, you know, Thurman Munson, when I put, when I played with my baseball cards and did my national league team against my American league team, he was always the catcher on my American league team. So I got him at number 10. Munson was 11 for me. Um, I do agree that if he won, he was obviously his career was cut short. Um, and that's a shame, uh, you know, but I, my number 10 is Ted Simmons, uh, recent hall of famer. Uh, Ted was an eight time all-star and believe it or not, he's 11th all time in catcher war. So he was incredibly solid. He doesn't have any MVPs or, uh, you know, he wasn't like, you know, knock your socks off, but he was very consistent, very good. And so Andy's in the hall of fame. So he's my 10th best catcher of all time. And I did not, I did not have him in the hall of fame. Um, and it was, and it was close, you know, he's up there. I mean, I, I definitely got him out when I was thinking about this, Yeah. but um, his, his arm suffered a little bit. Now it, he was better than what people what people thought back then. I mean, his his base stealing or his uh, thrown out runners wasn't bad, but you know he was in he was in the league in the National League with a couple really good defensive catchers and and uh, you know so uh, but he was not. But that's a good choice because man, he could hit. Yeah, he was a good hitter. Um, so number ten for me. Uh, We'll alternate who goes first. So I'll go first on number nine, and we probably need to talk a little faster. Else, okay. Okay. That no, no, no. I all day, but sure. my number nine catcher, eleven-time All-Star Gary Carter, is my number nine all-time catcher. I'm showing his 1978 tops. Uh, by the way, Ted Simmons' rookie card is 1971. So if you're, if you go, man, I love hearing about these catchers and you know, Simmons cards, 71, uh, Carter's is 75 is his rookie. Uh, he won a world series, of course, with the 86 Mets. He, you know, he's second all time in catcher war. So he, you know, he's pretty good. Pretty good. Who's your number nine? My number nine, I'm going to show you a 1961 golden press bill Dickey. Okay. Um, He's my number nine. I love this pose of him looking at after a foul ball. Um, and the reason I have him at number nine is, uh, oh, he played in a lot of games, but he also gets a lot of credit for working with Yogi Berra to make Yogi Berra a better defensive player. So that's my number nine. Okay. It's going to be funny to see the overlap and why we put players in certain places. So who's your number eight? My number eight is the worst defensive catcher on this top ten. But this guy could hit. And so my number eight, I'm showing you a Mike Piazza rookie card. And 92 Fleer. He would be he would be higher up on the list, but he he got replaced late in games a lot. He couldn't throw anybody out if you know he, he just he was strong as can be, but his arm his arm was not. And so I have him as my number eight. So my number eight is Mickey Cochran. I'm showing a 35 diamond stars. Look at that. That's such a cool card. Wow. What's uh, the back, what's the back of that look like? I always wanted to know. It's just a simple card okay. number and this has fielding tips on it and it talks about the catcher's throw. So gives you some tips on that. Gordon S. Cochran who the famous baseball player is named after him, of course, Mickey Mantle. His dad loved Mickey Cochran. Two-time MVP Mickey Cochran was. He played on those great Philadelphia A's teams under Connie Mack. Uh, he was only a two-time All-Star, but that's not really fair because he played in an era where they started All-Star. Like, most of his career was played before they had All-Star games. and But he won three World Series So with those A's. So... The reason I think they moved Jimmy Fox for, away from catcher is they had Mickey Cochran. Why do you need Jimmy Fox catching too? 
let's find another spot for him. And he played first base, right? So that uh, a lot of catchers end up at first base because they're, again, they're good at stopping balls in the dirt, like a first baseman needs to be. And so Joe Maurer, you know, Johnny Bench played third a little bit when he was later in his career, but we'll talk about him later, I'm sure. So Mickey Cochran's my number eight. Uh, my number seven is someone you've already mentioned, Mike Piazza. Uh, this is his 92 Bowman card. It's cool we're showing two different cards of Piazza, not on purpose, just by happenstance, but his 92 Bowman, 92 is his rookie, 12-time All-Star. And yes, he was, I mean, he was maybe the greatest offensive catcher of all time. Certainly top three, probably. Yeah, um, sure. And 427 home runs. Again, he, he DH'd a lot in later years. Played a little first base, I think, if I remember right. So, but the dude could hit, you know, uh, that, that was, so he's my number seven. Okay. Well, my number seven. They're going to overlap. You, like you said, my number seven is Gary Carter. Okay. I'm showing his 1975 rookie card. And, again, you said all the things about him. His war is, it was a lot higher than what I expected it to be. And, uh, you know, he was – you know, he was – he played with a smile on his face. You know, his nickname was the kid earlier in his life, sort of like Ted Williams and Ken Griffey Jr., you know, and, and uh, he was he was a he was a great catcher, a lot a lot better catcher than what I give him credit for. Because again, I grew up a Johnny Bench fan, and uh, you know I, I it made me not like a lot of other catchers that I should have liked at the time. So I think if Carter played somewhere else to begin his career instead of stuck in Montreal, I think his story might be different. Um, he got kind of lost in the shuffle. I mean, Carter made 11 all-star teams. He was, you know, he was really good, right? So, uh, so I'm on number six if you're ready for me. Yeah, I'm ready. Go with number six. Again, an overlap, but I'm going to show a 1961 um, Golden Press, Mickey Cochran, you know, with all that old gear on. And uh, Mickey Cochran was quite the player. Um he, I think he was like the first catcher that everybody started comparing other catchers with. Um, he was he was just a heck of a player, and like you say, a good enough player to make Jim Fox change Jimmy Fox change positions. So, yeah. Mickey Cochran, I love it. All right, you. I guess you start this. Or no, you did number six. Yes, that is correct. Okay, my number six. Again, it's funny how the the thing is, the sad part about it is, is there's not a lot of debate for the top 10. I mean, there there are so many, there's not as many great catchers as one might initially believe. Like, oh, baseball's been around forever. There's tons of these great catchers that you would debate back and forth about and this and that. But there's just not. Bill Dickey is my number six. Um I'm showing a 1939 play ball, Bill Dickey. Wow. Great playing days card of him. Uh, this is my only 39 play ball card, actually. And it's a rough card, but a very cool image of Dickey catching. And he was, good grief, 11 times he was an all-star. He won eight World Series as a catcher and was a rookie of the year. So you're right. He... Played for incredibly uh, great teams up in New York with the Yankees. Yogi Berra came in. Stingle kept him on as uh, – well, Stingle wasn't the manager then, but he was kept on as a coach to teach Yogi Berra how to catch, like you said. And and so Yogi Berra wouldn't be Yogi Berra without Bill Dickey, no doubt. And then what's cool is then Berra did the same thing, paid it forward to Elston Howard you know, later on in Leighton uh, Barris career. So number five for me, now we're getting into debate. Like this is where it starts getting, you're, you're really splitting hairs, right? Any of these top five guys you would take on your team, heck, any of the top 10 guys you'd take on your team as your catcher, 
any day of the week and twice on Sunday because it's such a uh, difficult position to find greatness in. I put Roy Campanella as my number five. And I'm showing his 51 Bowman card, which is one of my favorite Campanella cards easily. Uh, it's just such a cool card of him throwing his mask off at Ebbets Field, going to catch a foul ball or something. Uh, three-time MVP, Roy Campanella. Eight-time All-Star. One World Series. And remember, he got to the majors when he was 26 out of the Negro Leagues. And he got injured in 19 you know, 57 in the car accident in December or whatever, Christmas, New Year's Eve maybe or whatever it was, and he never played again. He would have certainly played several more seasons, uh, probably even made the move to L.A. with them if he was still – if he hadn't gotten in that car accident. And so – but, man, what a great period of time for as brief as his career was. I mean, he won three MVPs for crying out loud. That's a big deal. So he's my number five. Good choice. Great choice. So my number five is one of the greatest catchers in the 70s. And he's got his uniform retired by two different teams. Peter Gammons called him one of the best-looking ball players as far as the way he carried himself and, and stuff. And I'm showing you a 1972 – Tops, Carlton Fisk. Um, you know that I despised Carlton Fisk. He broke my heart with that home run in the sixth inning of the, you know, and if the Reds wouldn't have come back and won that seventh game, this would have had about 20 pinholes in it right here. Right. <laughs> but, but he was he was such a great catcher. And I think he, I think if you were going to dr- – make an artist rendition, rendition, whatever that word is, rendering of a catcher, and you wanted to mold a catcher, uh, how they carried himself, and, you know, and I, I remember just a picture of the image, him going out to talk to his pitchers, and him not taking his mask off, but he, putting it on top of his helmet and walking out there. And I remember, and I I did this as a college, as a college uh, player, if I went out and talked to my pitcher, he, a lot of times, if it was somebody taller than him or bigger than him, he would turn it around where he's standing on the mound, looking down at them. And, and that way he, he just looks, uh, you know, imposing. And, uh, you know, I just, I just thought he was, you know, when I sat back and look at his career and, you know, the number of games played and how long he played and how long he was good. He wasn't just, he wasn't just playing to be playing. He, he was good. And I don't, I just think he's number five and he's a good number five. And so, so uh, my number four, it's my turn, I guess. Right. With number four. Yep. My number four is Roy Campanella. Uh, And I'm showing you his Bowman rookie card. And I just, I love this card now. It just, I've had it for a long time. And uh, he never, when I was growing up, putting together the National League All-Star team with my cards to play the other, he never made the, he never made the first team because of my favorite player. But, but what a great player. He was my dad's favorite player. I talk about that in my videos all the time. And I just, I'd get in an argument with my dad. He'd just try to make me mad by, telling me that Johnny Bench wasn't very good. And, and so he got me to where I didn't care for him all that much when I was around him. But, again, almost the most valuable player in the league almost 30% of the times the, the years that he played. And that was incredible. So my number four, Roy Campanella. Well, it's ironic because my number four is Carlton Fisk. <laughs> well, I'm you sure. got that one all wrong then, didn't you? Yeah, I, I got uh, the 74 tops here. It's a great uh, sideways card of him, at, you know, getting ready to tag a guy out at home or receiving a throw from the outfield or something. Uh, just a great card of him on the Red Sox and the White Sox. And, you know, just, God, what a great career he had. He was an 11-time All-Star. He was a Rookie of the Year. You know, again, when – it's funny when as I'm as we're listing all these catchers off, 
almost all of them have double digit all-star appearances. You know, when you were really good, there just wasn't a whole lot of argument about who else should be there. You know, there were guys that might come in for a year or two and be great, but there were always these consistent guys through these different eras where, yep, that was the best catcher of this decade or this period. It was easy to say who it was. We're, we're showing guys from different, a whole bunch of different eras, right? You got Dickie, then you go to Barra, then, you know, you just kind of move along and you're like, who are the best catchers? Yep. Okay. It's, it's, it's pretty, you know, open and shut in terms of arguing about that. But then where do you rank them all time? Which gets a, gets me to number three on my list. And it's Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez. I'm showing his 91 score traded rookie. I have all the Pudge cards. Uh, I just, I picked this one because he is running to catch a foul ball. He's geared up and mask thrown off. And, you know, I had the distinct pleasure in 1991 when he started playing. I was, you know, 17 years old, high school catcher. He wasn't that much older than me. I was born in 73. I think he was born in 71. Let me look here. Yep, 1971. So we were close to the same age. And I watched him play catcher (laughs) and me play catcher. Very different. Very different. Even, I mean, he had an absolute cannon for an arm. I mean, it was like it was shot out of a howitzer. Uh, people, you know, rarely stole off of him, even tried. You know, he had a re- very high throw percentage, but I bet if you looked at what percentage of runners ran on each catcher, his would be the lowest every year. He w- he has the most career games caught of any catcher, and it's not really even close. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of more games than the next guy of how many games they caught. He won a World Series, of course, with the Marlins, 13-time Gold Glove winner, uh, 14-time All-Star, and he won an MVP in 1999. So watching his whole career, it was pretty great, loving catchers and being a catcher and all those things and having the best catcher, certainly in the American League, because Piazza and Pudge were contemporaries, right? They played around about the same time. And so during that era, it was Piazza was the best in the National League and Pudge Rodriguez was the best in the American league. And it kind of, that, that was where the argument ended. So who's your number three? Well, my number three is the same as your number three. There you go. Uh, it's a, I'm showing his rookie card. 91 Fleur ultra. And uh, so uh, even before I met you and watched your channel, I appreciated Yvonne Rodriguez. And uh, sometimes I, I had him higher at times than what I do. And you just have to think about it. And now it's just, you're, you're in the, you're in some elite category here as far as the top uh, catchers go. But I, uh, I graduated college, small college and called Missouri Valley college in 1989. And we had a, we had a a guy that started that was going to graduate with me, got drafted in 1988 named Kyle Spencer and his catcher in class a ball was Yvonne Rodriguez and he would come back or he'd call me and he'd say, you know, he'd say, man, this guy, you, you don't shake him off. You make sure that you really read his sign correctly because he did not like getting crossed up and he could throw the ball back to him faster than the pitcher could throw it to the catcher. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, at the time he talked about how he struggled hitting a little bit, uh, but he worked on it, uh, worked hard on on hitting. And, and Yvonne Rodriguez became a good hitter in, in his baseball career, but he was always a good defensive player and always, I mean, just he just a field general. And uh, so I respected him at a young age. And, and just, again, some of the catchers that – there's catchers that suffer in comparison when they're in the same – division or same league, you know, um, there was some great catchers with Yvonne Rodriguez, but I think of, you know, Johnny Bench in the national league, he was a great catcher. Bob Boone was a great defensive catcher, but hardly ever gets mentioned how great a catcher Bob Boone was Uh, in the national league at the time. They also had another catcher that was a great defensive catcher, uh, Steve Yeager. 
and he caught for the Dodgers, and he's the one that invented the throat guard and was a great defensive catcher but hardly got a sniff at getting a, uh, an all-star game because of some of the competition. And and I look back in 19, the 70s, I believe the greatest catcher in the American League for the decade, if you take the whole decade, and I could be wrong, I might be missing somebody, but I just thought Bill Freehand yeah. got, uh, you know, he was he was an all-star a lot and it, it was the greatest catcher in the 60s in the American League, but doesn't get his due. And so I get to say it right now before I mention who the number, who my number two is. So yeah, I think Freehand made 15 all-star games. I've looked that up before and I think that's close. Uh, somebody can check me on that, but yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and, and, and not even, not even talked about getting in the hall of fame just because right. some of those stats and, you know, he just doesn't meet, but there, there was some great ones. So my number two catcher, um, is the greatest winning baseball player team of team sports. Um, I believe, you know, he's the Bill Russell of baseball and that is Yogi Berra. And there's not a whole lot that I'm going to tell people. And I'm showing his black and white, his black and white uh, rookie card. And I love the card you're showing. Describe that to him. Yeah. I'm showing the 50 Bowman. I, I have his rookie card as well. 48 Bowman, but his 50 Bowman's just great as well, sitting, you know, crouching uh, as a catcher. He's my number two as well, so that's easy. For those of you out there that don't know what Chris is talking about, Yogi won 10 World Series, 10 uh, for the Yankees. He was an all-star 15 straight years. That's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, oh, and he won three MVPs on top of that. So I, I think everyone, if they did this list, would have Yogi top three. I think it's hard not to have him in the top three. We both have him at two, which I think makes sense, which leaves one guy to be numero uno for both of us. That is correct. Bob Uecker. Bob Uecker. Bob Uecker. Yeah, it's it's Johnny. Come on. It's Johnny Bench. And my friends give me a hard time because I always used to say Johnny Bench isn't a very good catcher. And I was joking, of course. He's the best catcher of all time. I love the 76 tops you're showing. That's I should have pulled that one because he's wearing all this gear. His 73 tops is fantastic where he's going towards the – I mean, Johnny Bench has some really great cards. I'm I showing his 69. There's a 73. Chris is showing. I'm showing his 69 tops, the, the rookie cup. He's crouching down, a young-looking – Reds catcher. Uh, I mean, he was the engine that made those great Reds teams, the big red machine run. And they had a lot of great players, Schmidt and Perez and Rose, but not Schmidt, not Schmidt or not Schmidt. Sorry. Um, Rose and Perez. Morgan, Concepcion and Morgan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were, they were great. Sorry. I was thinking Rose and the Phillies later. A quick Johnny Bench story that I I like telling is is uh, Bobby Knight, the great basketball coach for Indiana, um, would take a team to a Reds game, and they'd get there early, and they would watch Johnny Bench warming up, how he would throw a ball up against the backstop and see how it bounced, and just how he stretched out, and he he'd look he would look at you know, as players and say, if you want to be the greatest player that you can be, watch this guy because he practiced, he, he would practice blocking balls. Um, you know, and he didn't care who he wasn't showing off. He was just trying to make himself better. And, uh, he, you know, he was recognized by other people in other sports as being the greatest at his position. Yeah, no doubt. 14 time all-star 10 time gold Glover, won two MVPs, Rookie of the Year, and, of course, two World Series with the Reds. Uh, Johnny Bench is number one for me, for you. Uh, he, he's a great player, no question. And it's interesting as we get – as we finished our lists, there's not really – this is a vintage card podcast, so I get it. But at the same time, there's a lot of people out there that would say, hey – who are the greatest now or who are in the, in this last era, right? 
I would throw out Joe Maurer. I actually think Joe Maurer is going to make the Hall of Fame someday. I don't think he'll make it soon, but uh, I think there's three guys that are going to make the Hall of Fame that that have caught in recent years: Buster Posey, Yadier Molina, and Salvador Perez, who's still catching. Uh, you're showing the okay. Yadi 2004 tops, and then uh, the 2013 tops Chrome. Salvi rookie, but it's different. I mean, I, it's so hard because you go Buster Posey or Yadi Molina or Salvi Perez, and you say, are they as good as Yogi Berra, Roy Campanella, you know, all these other guys, Johnny Bench, Carlson Fisk? And the answer might be no, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, there's some pretty crappy catchers in the Hall of Fame with Rick Farrell being number one, right, uh, on that list for me. Me but, as well. Uh, Gabby Hartnett was okay. Uh, God, there's another guy I'm missing that I'm not thinking of. Old timer. Darn it. There's several catchers that don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Let me see if I can't. Uh, but like Ernie Lombardi. Sure. Catcher. We didn't mention him. Right. Uh, yeah, Rick Farrell. Uh Roger Bresnahan is in the Hall of Fame. Buck Ewing is in the Hall of Fame. But those are those guys are like old, old school. I got out of Roger Bresnahan and a Rick Farrell because Roger Bresnahan's in the Hall of Fame because he was a coach and a manager. I mean, he was he got in as a player, right? But his, uh, you know, his lore was because of his greatness was you know, a manager and a coach. So there's a couple guys that don't belong in there, I believe. And well, I, it's funny, I, like Joe Torrey got in as a manager, but I think he could have gotten in as a player. He was a really great catcher. Sure was. Sure uh, was. Won an MVP for crying out loud. You know, he's. He, uh, he, he got beat up behind, behind the plate, you know, and when it, he had a couple good, he was a good catcher, but his best hitting year was, I think he was playing third base. That's true. And, uh, but uh, there was a story. I mean, his fingers were so bad and so messed up that uh, Bob Euchre told a story on Johnny Carson that he saw Yogi Berra shake hands with Joe Torrey and it took two plumbers and a carpenter <laughs> to get their hands apart. <laughs> That's great. Well, as, as, as you guys watch baseball, as we start this season, watch catchers um it it's a it's a fascinating thing to watch somebody call a game and oh i have to hit two and worry about my pitcher and worry about defense make you know all these things that a catcher is in charge of on the field you know it's a lot less now with technology and coaching and all of that they a lot less of the burden is on the catcher and responsibility but still an amazing position you know this new kind of the new era of catcher is just different than it used to be. Uh, and that's not bad. It's just, I don't have as much, you know, I saw a lot, I went and looked at a lot of lists of people's top 10 catchers, like just to do research for this. And most of them had Posey in their top 10. And I just, I can't get there. I can't, I can't put him in there. Not, not that Posey wasn't great. I just don't, I don't know. It's hard for me. Yeah, I, I struggle a little bit with Molina, um, and I'm living in the wrong state to be saying that in. Right. Uh, he's he's a, he's a great field general. I mean, yeah. he's respected and all that kind of stuff, but um, it just – it's just – it's tough to make the top ten. Uh, and, you know, there's ten or eleven or twelve that you can talk about uh, Molina, Molina, I believe top 15 can be a top 15. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer, but he needs to get in early while people remember how good a defensive catcher he was. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, um, Buster Posey needs to get in early. So people remember how good a hitter he was early in his career. Um, and so, you know, they, there's, but all of them have different struggles to, to try to make to try to crack the top ten. Well, when you look at you know list of just WAR, right? I know it's only one stat, but Buster Posey's number fourteen all time. Right above him is Gene Tennis. So if that tells you, like, yeah, you know, 
And, uh, but not that far away from, you know, he had a 44.8 war. Mickey Cochran was 49.7, you know? So again, it, Cochran only played 13 seasons or something. Um, and Posey played 13 or 14. Let me look. Posey maybe. Yeah, he played 12 years, actually, is all Posey played. And one of them, he sat out for the pandemic. So his career lasted a grand total of 11 seasons. Right. Or 12 seasons, I guess. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, he played 12. Um, could have played 13 if he would have played in 2020. But he did win an MVP. He won a Rookie of the Year. He won three uh, World Series titles. I get it. But. He would be the closest to the top 10 for me of the modern guys, super modern guys. I, I agree with that because, you know, Maurer, uh, Maurer's a great hitter, but he, he's played a lot of first base and a lot of DH. Uh, but he won, he won three batting titles as a catcher. He did, yeah. That's, that's pretty impressive, actually. Very uh, well. Like, I, that's why I think Joe Maurer will get in. He, you know, he hung on too long, or no, that's not true. He played, he extended his career by moving, you know, to first base. Um, but, and that was his last, you know, five seasons really. So quite a, he only caught for kind of like Posey, like 11 seasons. So, but he won an MVP during that time. He won several gold gloves, silver sluggers, three batting titles. He hit 306 for his career. That's not chump change, you know, so. Right. Well, the uh, reason the yeah. reason I the reason the top two that I chose, Bench and Barra, is Bench is arguably the best player of the seventies, uh, with his defensive prowess and all that kind of stuff. But I think he's second in home runs and first in RBIs in the seventies. Yeah. And RBIs and home runs meant a great deal. And you know, Barra won three. You know, Barra was the best player in baseball for three years. So that's there's never been a time that I thought, uh, you know, I'd, I've never thought Buster Posey to be the best player in baseball, even though he won the MVP, uh, you know, and then the other Joe Maurer, uh, you know, with the batting title titles and stuff, but he still had too much competition for being the best player. Right. Uh, so. Yep. Well, great debate. Uh, great discussion about, our favorite position, yours and mine. And so hopefully you guys enjoyed this out there and learned something new about some old time catchers and maybe go out and look for some cards of these guys that catcher cards are pretty great. So enjoy that hunt. If you decide to do it, thank you, Chris, again, for joining. Oh, uh, thanks for letting me, thanks for letting me be on here. And I tell you, I, I totally enjoyed your Bowman series and, 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 and discussion like this. I, I just love it. That's why your channel's so good. Thanks, man. Well, thanks for being a part of it. Thank you to all you guys out there for watching, listening every week like you do. You're much appreciated, and it doesn't go unnoticed. So till next time, hope you all have a great evening, and hey, keep collecting.